0: happy Thanksgiving. Now, if you're not for Black Friday, baby girl, now is the time for you to be for Black Friday. I typically charge $197 for my LinkedIn roadmap course. This course is going to help you elevate from boring corporate profile to CEO worthiness. One that not only helps you find, attract those ideal clients, but to sell and market your expertise as well. And you're going to get this All for only $97. Please make sure you use the coupon code BOSSBABEBF23. It's listed in the description. Go ahead and snag this amazing offer. And to make things even better, I'm throwing in a complimentary one-hour audit session with me. So you can make sure this shit is working for you and ask me any questions you got. Go ahead and grab it. Back to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of A Tall Glass of Sass. It's me, your girl, the CEO and business coach for you. Yes, you. Hey, babe. How are you today? Now, I have been in the thick of our CEO series If you have yet to jump on the bandwagon and you're listening now and you're like, wait, 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 what's going on? What, what, wait, wait, wait for me. Yes, I am going through a six-part plus intro (laughs) um, series about just really debunking what CEO means for us as entrepreneurs and coaches. This series is meant to give you a different perspective of what I have experienced as I continue to step into my CEO beingness and also doingness. And so if you are along for the ride, let's keep on going because this is going to be one hell of a ride. Now, if you haven't listened yet to the intro episode, I want for you to go back and It is called Decoding CEO Beyond the Title to Elevate Your CEO Mindset, okay? So I want for you to listen to that because that episode, and let me just give you a 30-second breakdown, that introductory episode is really going to set the tone for why this is such an important message to put out there. And I know that you're my people because you're already listening to my podcast, number one. And number two... I think that the more we can truly challenge the status quo of what CEO means in a white male dominated industry, corporate America, right? And also entrepreneurship, then yeah, let's start to break down the bros club on what being a CEO means, especially as if you identify as women or if you identify as a woman of color, or if you identify yourself as a part of the beautiful, vivacious LGBTQIA plus community, right? Like this isn't just about being a CEO based off of what we've seen on Forbes magazine or or I should say like the old antiquated ways, right? Like this is no longer just Henry Ford Club or the 1900s industrial period where people started really seeing the turn of um, corporate industrial corporations that are coming up and and creating the hierarchy that we are so accustomed to today. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you do. I think it's really going to help you to understand why we are having this series. Okay, so let's jump into today's episode. And today's episode, we are going to continue talking about the C in CEO. Now it was so hard for me to narrow down because y'all know I love me some iterations y'all. So and I just it's a lot easier I don't know why but my brain works quickly and works well with the letter C. So if I had to hone into the last C of what CEO meant or means to me I really want to narrow this down into three, and I think it's important for us to think about these three collectively because a lot of the times they play off of one another and there are times when we probably think of them in silos, okay? So the first one is community, the second one is character, and the third one is creativity, so let's jump in and of course, you know, I'm going to sit here and tell you a story because that's who I am. When I think back to my beginning stages of starting my business, I, I kid you not, it was one of those things where I seriously was just having this conversation with someone yesterday. Well, actually I was at, I was leading a um, panel discussion and I had said one of the questions that the the attendees had asked is like, What's something that you wish, if you could go back in time, you would wish you redid over again? And the community piece of it was definitely one of those components that I would have never have thought about if I didn't have the wisdom that I do today being a six-year entrepreneur. What do I mean by that? When I first started my business, seriously, I, number one, was like super egotistical and very like full of pride I was like fuck this I am the best I and I'm I mean let's be real I'm still the best (laughs) but uh there's a component of self-awareness okay and there is some some humble components here okay when I first started I was this person and let me know if you resonate with this I was that person where I was like everything I did in my corporate career I excelled at and I fun fact every single one of my jobs, the very first job I got out of college, all the way to the last job that I held in corporate before I went full-time in my business, was a newly created position, which meant that there was nobody before me. There was a lot of people after me, but every single job, I kid you not, was one that was new. It was new to the company. They've never done it before. They had a baseline of what the job description was, but they weren't 100% sure. And so it gave me a lot of wiggle room to create structure and to help define what this role was going to be for the company. And in hindsight, I realize that now, but then I didn't. And so I share that because all of my positions, again, I went in with um, almost like Lack of structure, okay. And when you want to talk about thriving in, in an ambiguous role and team, I mean, that was me. I thrived in that, and so I went into my entrepreneurial journey with that chip on my shoulder, where I was like. Psh, I got this shit. Every single job I've ever had up to this point, I figured out by myself and I didn't need anybody's help. Yes. So why the hell would I need help to launch my business? Uh, I don't. I'm going to figure this shit by myself. I don't need nobody. I don't need anyone. I don't need a group. I have this. <laughs> and seriously, that was my mindset. How many of you can resonate with this? Because... If you are there oh my lord let me just burst your bubble for you babe. I am so sorry to be that one but I'm gonna fucking do it. You are gonna find out very quickly if you haven't yet already that when you get into this online coaching space and entrepreneurial journey it can be one that's very lonely. Not only Are you going to start talking to yourself, which again, no harm, no foul. I like to talk to myself, okay? And it's so much more powerful when you have like character, which I'm going to get there, right? Individuals who are on a similar journey. It's like, you know, birds of the same feather flock together kind of thing. You're better with more than just one brain. You're better together. We're better united. And that also means that when you are starting this as a CEO, if you think about it, right? I mean, let's just break it down in corporate America. Doesn't it seem like the people who are the most fucking clicky in corporate is executive leadership, right? Right. It's almost like you have to be a part of the club in order to be privy to specific meetings and conversations and... You, you have to be a part of that level of leadership in corporate in order to be a part of the luncheon learn that they're having for executive leadership or, you know, be privy to um, special guests who shows up to tour the building or, you know, if the local news station decides that they want to come in and do a press release on something new that's happening, guess who is there? It's the cream of the crop, air quote, right, of leadership that's there. And so if you are thinking like a CEO and you are being, doing, acting like a CEO, my friend, we also need to be finding our people, okay, We have to find our people. And so the first thing in you stepping into becoming this better CEO version of you is to let go of the pride and the ego and to understand that when you have other CEOs that you can truly collaborate with and can communicate with, right, and to create with, (laughs) You you like all my C's right there? You become a better version of a CEO for yourself. And so there is like nobody is going to fucking give you a gold sticker for figuring this shit out by yourself. Because real talk, you're over here by yourself trying to figure this shit by yourself because you have way too much pride and too big of an ego to actually join a community of other CEOs that is going to give you momentum, accountability, motivation, inspiration. Like why would you not want that, okay? So that's the first thing. And let me just also share this, right? When you think about this, community can mean a lot of different things. And so I wanna break this down when we think about community, a lot of the times you just think like air quote networking, right? Like, oh, maybe I just need to, maybe Molly's talking about joining a networking group that I can just be a part of. Yes. And what other ways of community could look like for you, the other ways, other formats of community, this could look like a lot of different things. So for number one, If you are part of a group coaching program, whether it's my group program or somebody else's, being a part of a paid group program, okay, essentially means that people are vested in themselves, which means that they're paying a membership to be a part of this and they're not just going to come in and waste your time. Okay. I mean, let's be real. How many times have we gone to some networking event where it didn't yield us any kind of tangible, um, benefits, whether, whether it's just like inspiration, whether it's like, oh yeah, that was a really golden, good golden nugget or whether it was like, yeah, I really love the people that was there. They were totally my people and I want to continue getting to know them better. Right. How many networking events have you gone to? You're like, holy shit, this is, this is, that was a waste of time okay and so a community could be sure it could be a monthly networking um group that may really be up your alley awesome if it is awesome Community could be, again, a group program with you and other like-character, thought-provoking individuals. Community could also mean a community that you are creating, right? So, for example, are you creating a community, whether it's a Facebook group in your community that you're the leader, or maybe let's say that you are generating a really strong community on LinkedIn, that could also be a sense of community. So I want for you to think about community in, in, in another way outside of just networking. Got it? Got it. Moving right on. Next part of C, right, is like character. So character, all right? So let me just, we, I've been kind of like spitting on about that already right now. So let me just give you a little bit more of like how I got here, okay? Okay. I started having a conversation with a good friend colleague of mine who is also a coach and I was like using the word like-mindedness and I realized that shit I do not like that term. It's not, it's not that I hate it but I feel like when you are with people who just think exactly like you it doesn't always foster the most personal and professional growth. It's when you are with other thought-provoking individuals, right, that uphold the same characteristics that you value and uphold, then, then, then you're on to something, okay? Because honestly, like, I think it's important that we learn how to navigate through differences that other people bring to the table. And that includes sometimes polarizing different thoughts, You know, there are times where I consider my, I really do think that there are some things where we can have different opinions and thoughts about something. So it's not always going to be like-minded, right? And we can still be tactful. We can still be compassionate. We can still be kind, okay? And so I would much rather be a part of a community of like-character CEOs Who can help me to challenge the way I see things because, you know, again, falling back to corporate here, there are some times where I don't know about y'all, but a lot of my corporate career, I was just like, dude, the CEO of this company literally has no clear line of sight to what is happening. They think they do because people are lying to them, like their direct reports are giving them only the sugar-coated version of what's happening. And if the CEO would just talk to the little people, right, like us, they could see that his or her idea, while it's beautiful and it's so grand, is really hard to execute. And here is why. They they have no clear line of sight. So it's the same thing. When you are stepping into your CEO-ness, how are you ensuring that people are poking holes in how you are thinking so that you can really have a full picture of what you want to do be and have in your business and so when you have like-minded people then you know they they may just always say oh yeah it's, it's super great that's fantastic but if you surround yourself with like character people, they may not always say and agree with what you're saying. However, when if they uphold the same characteristics of high character values and belief systems like you, then they'll say, hey, you know, I can appreciate where you're coming from from that perspective regarding, I don't know, sales mindset or whatever, Right. And have you thought about this? You know, because I'll be honest, like I don't, I don't preach this or my methods don't include that component and here's why. And so I just want to share my perspective with you and I want for you to just do as you will with that information. But I wanted to just give you a different perspective, right? Like if someone came to you like that, oh my God, you'd be like, holy shit, this is awesome. I didn't even think about that. Thank you right? And so it's not always about looking for like-mindedness. It's about looking for the like characteristics, the character component of other people. So when when you're a CEO, if you are truly able to identify what your characteristics are as a person of your belief systems, your values, right? What do you hold nearest and dearest to you far as like you know integrity or you know transparency whatever those values are in your business and what that those values are woven into your brand that that right there is what i believe is going to help you to step into that ceo part of you that much more empowered because when you can really hone in on who you are as a character, the characteristics that you value the most, then when you meet other people who don't align with that, you can be like, "Uh, no, thank you. Right? Like, we're we're, we're not, we're not of the same, we're not cut from the same cloth and that's okay, okay, like, I'm like sparkly, magenta, sequins, you know, I'm fancy, I'm like glamorous and my, my cloth and my fabric comes with texture and you're like black cotton, (laughs) you're not my cotton, you're not my fabric, you're not my cloth, (laughs) so you get my gist, all right, Now, shifting to the last piece of this is creativity. This is just one of those things where many of us have found and stumbled across entrepreneurship because this was a form and continues to be a form of creative expressibility as an outlet for who we are. And, oh my Lord, I, I know I said we're gonna stick to the three C's here, but I'm gonna throw something else in here, just on the whim. I'm gonna throw in their censorship. And I think censorship is really important, too, but I'm, I'm not gonna digress here a little bit. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna do that. so reel it back, Molly. So let's talk about creativity, right? And let's let's talk about why this is essential as being a CEO. Being a CEO, sometimes becomes very overwhelming and it becomes a burden when we don't allow ourselves to dream. One of the things that my own business coach continues to remind me to do is to dream. And she'll even say like, you should have a CEO day today. You should have a day to just simply dream, to simply create to simply have imagination time. I mean, as as older people, okay, all of my fellow millennials calling you out right now. How many times are we actually being creative? We don't use our imagination for good. We use our imagination to self-sabotage. We use our imagination to create doubts and worries and hesitations and, you know, perceived fear oh well, that's what we use imagination on nowadays okay but if you were to ask my eight-year-old daughter and you told her to go imagine to go and play um, uh, you know pretend or to go use her imagination guess what she's gonna go ahead and do that she's gonna skip off with a smile on her face she sees this as playtime and she would of course love to go and play right? So when you are being a CEO, where in your calendar are you creating protected time to play, to create, to pretend, to, 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 to dream, to imagine what is possible for you. And this isn't how do we get there. So this is not like, okay, well now I got to do a business plan and blah, 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 blah. No, we're talking about just creativity, which means that you don't got to worry about the how right now. Being a CEO requires that you are constantly thinking about what you want to be, do, and have. And that isn't just from a professional perspective. This is from a personal perspective as well. So, you know, again, when when I think about my story, to be honest, that was really at the root of all of this, um, of my journey. I... I was craving more. I wanted more. My career wasn't necessarily broken. It was at a point where it was like, oh my God, I just want to create. I want to be able to, you know, share my thoughts and my tips and tricks and all the golden nuggets and and just share my story point blank with people. And this ties into the censorship, censorship piece of this and you know one of the hardest things for me when, when push came to shove and that was when I realized that I really had to step into walking away from my corporate job to be a full-time CEO was when I felt even more censored than ever before. And I'll give you an example. So I, when I was, um, when I was right at that brink of, okay, do I decide to go full-time in my coaching business? Do I do something else? You know, of course, fear came in. And even though I was side hustling for a couple of years, and it was, I, my business was doing fine. It was more like, um you know, passive. I wouldn't say passive is not the right word, but like supplementary income, right? It was like oh great, I made more money, I can go buy a pair of red bottoms, you know, I can go on vacation. I remember one time actually using the revenue that I had in my coaching business because I was still working full time and I was side hustling and I made enough to cash out a last minute cruise that vacation flights plus cruise for me, my husband and my three kiddos and I was like, this is great, like, God, yeah, this is awesome, okay, cool. OK, so we're talking a few thousand dollars that month. OK, and that's when I knew that I could do it. I was like, OK, I'm doing this. And then fear set in. And then I thought to myself, like, OK, well, it's probably not air quote responsible for me to do something like um, crazy and just go off the whim and do my business full time. And so I decided to entertain a very part-time, it, it's um, more of a, it was uh, almost like a consulting role where I called the shots, I could decide how many hours I wanted to work and what projects I wanted to work on and all of that stuff. And so I decided to entertain that. And I, during the onboarding process, I realized that my brand As a coach that I had built so hard and I worked so diligently on, on my LinkedIn profile, was probably going to be put under a microscope and probably going to be scrutinized a little bit. Okay. And the reason why is because you guys know me. I love a good fuck moment. I love a good oh shit moment. I cuss. All right. I do. And that's just who I am. (laughs) I'm sorry to say it I just I'm gonna say the f word every once in a while okay and so I knew that in my posts and on my LinkedIn lives and you know my all of it my new employer and also again remember this was a consulting role so that meant that my employer was sending me to their clients all right to do work and I knew that I was like, oh shit, this, this, this may cause some friction because it isn't going to necessarily align with how my employer wants to be seen as me representing them. And so this, this came a moment where I really felt censored. I felt like this um, moment of, okay, what do I do? What do I say? How do I mitigate this? Knowing that, look, I'm not giving up my coaching voice. My authority, my um, brand on LinkedIn, because that's who I am. Like I am the CEO of my company, and I'm not gonna, sh- I'm not gonna shove it down or shut it down anybody's throat. i and I'm sure as hell not gonna be told to shut up. That's like the farthest thing you should ever say to me, okay, ever. And so I sat down with the marketing director, and I was like, look. This literally was on the my first day on orientation. And I told her I was like, "Look, I just want to be really honest with you. I run my business off of LinkedIn. My lead generation and marketing and sales strategy is on LinkedIn, and I am not going to jeopardize that." And so, I just want to be very honest with you. What is your policy when it comes to social media marketing? Um is that going to be an issue at all? Like Here, take a peek at some of my content. And I pulled one of the more, you know, spicy, more vulgar posts. And I'm like, this is me. And if you're not going to, if this is going to be something that's really going to be an issue, then you got to let me know now. Because I would rather not continue on with this onboarding process if I can't continue to be who I am. So she just continued. She was like, well, you know, thank you for letting me know. And yeah, I do see that this may cause a little bit of an issue. So let me just go and have a conversation with my leader, blah 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 blah, and then you know the next day she comes over. She's like, "Look, okay, look here, here's the deal. We get it. And actually, LinkedIn is your that LinkedIn profile is your profile, and so we can't make you do or not do anything. But how we need to maneuver this is we would just recommend that you do not include. This company as part of your um, experience section, and we will um not include your LinkedIn URL under your signature because usually the what they did was like in all of the like you know when when you reply you know those auto emails with your signature, they included your LinkedIn URL. They're like we'll just delete that, and you know if people stumble across it, they do, but we're not gonna like put it out there for people. And so that was how we did it and I was like thank God because if, if they would have told me that I had to be censored in what I wanted to say how I wanted to say it I would have literally been like thank you but no thanks but no thanks like this isn't going to work for me. And so I share this because as the CEO you are going to number one be faced with either self-censoring, because let's be real, you may be afraid of judgment, you may be dealing significantly with people-pleasing or imposter syndrome, you gotta shake that shit, okay? Being a CEO means that you should be a person that stands in your thoughts, your opinions, what you say. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't retract and like, you know, say, oh, you know, I said this but now I, I change it and I stand corrected, and blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just simply saying, you as the CEO of your business should not be feeling a sense of censorship. And if that's how you're feeling, baby girl, we, we've got to help you find your voice, my dear. Okay. It, is, it, is, it ain't, it ain't going to fly well for you. It's not. It's not. It's not. So creativity and censorship really go hand in hand. And that's why I say I, I want to slide that in because. You cannot be fully creative and expressible in your creativity if you feel a sense of censorship. And again, one of the things that you guys know I talk a lot about is who you are as a being, okay? Your authentic self is your brand. Because as a coach, to be honest, people, and I know this because trust me, I've had, Hundreds of sales calls, okay, y'all? People want to work with you because of who you are and how you show up. People are attracted to who you are. And so if you cannot own who that is, if you can't step into being a confident, empowering, uncensored CEO, then you're not just doing your potential new client's disservice, you're doing yourself disservice, okay? So I am going to tie us up because I can t- go on for hours, but I don't want to do that, y'all know that. So again, if this is resonating with you, I'd love for you to leave me a review on my podcast and let me know what you like best and um, I would be forever grateful. And of course, let me know what questions you have. Let's hop on a call. Let's get to know each other better. That link to book a complimentary call is in the description as well. With that being said, sending you lots of love. Talk to you next week. Bye.